Hello, Martin here. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to apologize for the sound quality not being up to his usual standards. The site that we normally use to record on was down for maintenance, so we had to rely on the zoom.com. And as you all know, the zoom.com is not designed for podcasters, so the audio quality might not be up to what it normally is. Let's just get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the latest exciting installment of RDC. I'm Martin and joining me this week is Chris. Hello. Chris, no Abby this week. No, I don't know what happened to her. Something something abducted her. I know the full story, but I don't want to go into it because I don't want to have to give evidence against her in court. <laughs> she'll be she'll be back though. She'll be back. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into full detail, but it is criminal activity. <laughs> Chris, you alright, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Been busy landscaping a garden single-handed. Put your son to work. Well, he is too, and uh, really should know how he should know how to push a wheelbarrow at this point. Just been busy, really. Have uh, sort of closed off my website and things. I basically don't have time to be an actor anymore. Although I am doing the odd bit until August, and then I'm taking a sabbatical for quite some time just to uh, relax. <laughs> relax as my new son will be born, Owen. I'll still do the podcast, though, because I'm going to need an escape to talk about Doctor <laughs> Who and any other nerdy things that uh, my wife doesn't want to hear. <laughs> this is probably just going to be a mini episode because Chris is tired from shingling. <laughs> Late night shingling. I'm still recovering from a hip replacement. Yeah, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. The great thing is I've had absolutely zero appetite since the surgery. All right. forcing myself to eat one today. And because I'm only eating one today... I've shed so much weight. Oh, my God. The man boobs I grew during lockdown, nearly completely gone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a plus side. But I know, because I can't exercise yet, so as soon as the appetite comes back, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be depressing for me when I suddenly gain all that weight again. <laughs> Let's just hope there's no, uh, no further lockdowns or anything like that. <laughs> down to one crutch. Oh, good. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll be down to no crutches soon. Planning to visit some family in Devon next week, if I can. Nice. Because I just need an escape. Even if I just go and sit in someone else's living room. I've basically been housebound since the 2nd of February. Jesus. So, yeah. I mean, I managed to go to the cinema the other week. Uh, what did me, his, me and my son see? Um, Mario. Went to see the Mario film. Oh, how is it? It's fun. I really want to see it. I, it looks fun. It's a great kids movie. That's fine. I still want to go. <laughs> I thought we'd just do some news. God, there's been quite a bit, isn't there? I've uh, caught the odd bit here and there. Uh, I can't really keep up with it all. You've, you've basically been messaging me all the news, so I'll get this bulletin come up. It's it's not like the BBC one that just comes up with uh, bad news all the time. It just comes up with Doctor Who news, and it's you. So I just wanted to pay tribute to Murray Melvin, who passed away recently. He was in Torchwood. I don't know if you got as far into the series as when he pops up. Only from the original time I watched it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, he was, he was a villain that I wish we had more of, really. Oh, yeah. so underutilized. I think everyone agrees he was just just a sinister old man who turned up at the end and you felt like there could have been more, there, there should have been more. That's... Big Finish utilized him well. There's, mm. a few, there's a few audios that he's on that are really good. Mm. But yeah, I remember the speculation at the time was that he was going to be the master. <laughs> And I, I could certainly see it going that way. Mm. But yeah, I mean, maybe not in a spin-off. 
Maybe they wouldn't put the master in a spinoff. And talking of another Murray, Murray Gold is confirmed to be coming back <sighs> as a composer for the new series. What do you think about that? I'm not keen as such because I thought he overdid it the first time round. Bear in mind, he didn't just do it for Russell's era. He did it for, he's only had five years off <laughs> out of uh, the whole time it's been on. Maybe the time he's been away, the five years, he might possibly be able to surprise us with some new things. But I felt like we sort of knew what we expected with a Murray Gold soundtrack. It's, I suppose it was the same sort of thing as a Roger Lim soundtrack. You sort of know at the end what you're getting and then you can easily recognize it. I don't know. I feel like. People are praising it like, oh, it's back to the good old days. But I kind, I'm kind of the mindset of I don't want the good old days. I want a new thing. I mean, they might take in a different direction, but I just kind of feel it's relying on the nostalgia of people who were the right age for the show at the time who are now. And it's basically what Toy Story does now, because <laughs> we're all adult. The, all the adults who grew up with the first two films, uh, they're basically who they make them for. <laughs> kind of feel that that's, that's kind of bad in a way. Who knows? I'm not overly thrilled, but I'm, I suppose, indifferent, I guess. Would have liked to see someone else have a go. It didn't surprise a lot of people because all I kept seeing on Twitter was, but they already announced this when they announced Russell was coming back. It was such a sure thing in people's mind that they thought it was already announced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say that I think we've heard Doctor Who a bit too well since 2018. So it's a good, good chance to come back and get the music completely drowning out in the dialogue again. Yeah, it's been strange because uh, who's the composer who did Jody's era? Segan Akinola. Yeah, couldn't name you a single track he did. Oh, same. That's that's the issue. That's the issue. Um, Murray, you could you could easily know, but that, I feel like he had so many good hits. It's sort of like it's like Abba coming back and trying to do more. We don't need any more. It will never be as good as what you did before. I suppose. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe the. John Williams has been going for so long, but equally he has that same in, that same principle. Even Hans Zimmer, at the same time, all composers after a point become recognisable in their style. And I find that sometimes I like to hear other things, especially in Doctor Who. Although it's bringing back some old people, I'm just hoping it's going to have some new surprises and things. I'm sure the anniversary is just going to be a nostalgia deep dive. Oh yeah, for that for that makes sense, but. If yeah. you're staying for the rest, oh. <laughs> yeah, I want something new and exciting for the series. But as a middle-aged man, I just want to be serviced for this anniversary. <laughs> so service me away, put in as many references to the past, bring back as many classic doctors. Just sit back your your non-existent beer belly out and just. <laughs> It'll be bad by then. And just serve me like a Roman. Give me grips, boy. <laughs> Uh, I would say the difference between Murray and Segan's music is kind of the difference between DC and Marvel when it comes to themes. I bet right now you could hum Wonder Woman's theme, Batman's theme, Superman's theme. Could you hum Captain America's theme or Iron Man's theme? No, no, not really. I kind of see the difference in them as being that. Like I could probably right now, just off the top of my head, hum five Murray Gold tracks. I wouldn't even know where to begin with Segan Akinola's. True. You could even play it. You could play the soundtrack, any track, and you go, I know what episode that's from. And that's not to say Segan did a bad job. I mean, maybe if we didn't notice the music as much, maybe he did a better job. Segan's one was just playing. I think it was a different style, which I don't think was bad. It was just more subtle. It was like Hans Zimmer in doing a superhero film compared to 
Danny Elfman. That's probably the best example I have. I get you. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Danny Elfman will do something that's very signatory, like Murray Goldwell, but also it just fits and you just sort of, it sticks with you. I, I find actually, it's like when I was watching James Bond, actually, there were, there were, uh, it was David Arnold did um, most of the later Bond soundtracks. I can't recall if he did Tomorrow Never Dies, but he definitely did World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace. And then when Skyfall came out, I can't remember the name. I think it's Thomas something. But uh, the director, Sam Mendes, brought in this other chap instead. And his soundtrack really was elevated. It had the signature, some signature tones to it that if you listen to the soundtrack, you could picture what part of it in the series it is. And I think that's the perfect sort of balance, I guess, uh, with Murray Golds. But I do find sometimes his can be a bit too loud and too, too much of a signature tune. But I like a health, healthy dose of them in between, I think. And maybe we'll finally get the Series 10 soundtrack. <laughs> people still people still asking for that. I couldn't give a fuck. Jesus Christ, that was so long ago. I, don't, I think they, I feel bad, really, because they've all just wanted to move on from that. You know, everyone at that time just wanted to go. <laughs> so it's like, why do you want me to go back and trudge up the soundtrack? I'm not fucking interested. <laughs> if people really want it and there's a market for it, then yeah, make it. Mm. So Big Finish just released Rani Takes on the World Beyond Bannerman Road. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've seen the post on Instagram. That's the only social media I use. Yeah, I listened to it. It's a mixed bag. The first two stories I really enjoyed. I thought the third one was the weakest. Hmm. The first one's written by Joe Lister, who actually wrote on the Sarah Jane Adventures. All right, okay. It's a love letter to that. They even tie in back to Sarah Jane Smith's Big Finish range. Oh, wow kind of reference characters and yeah it's i I really enjoyed it and i've always thought that there was still more scope in that show i always thought they could have carried it on like maybe you could have brought in katie manning and then you just call the show bannerman road i always felt like you could have just continued that show without her but i completely understand why everyone involved wanted to take a take a break but i'm i'm so happy big finish and now doing something with these characters yeah definitely it's so, amazing how far she's come as a, 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 a not just an actress, got no name, the lady who plays Rani. <laughs> um, always thought she was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's done so much since. She's a brilliant, brilliant actor. I actually walked past her once, her and her partner, Sasha Dewan, oh. Oh. Uh, in London. I think he worked out I clocked them, but he was wearing his ma- uh, mask just to, uh, as COVID cautious. And I was like, I recognize her. And then thought, Hang on a minute, and then I saw this saw a, a fellow looking and looking around like I think I've just been clocked. <laughs> I absolutely rate her a lot. I think she's a, she's brilliant. She could easily carry a series, but she's done so she's done so much so much since that show. Yeah, that, yeah, she's just amazing. Yeah, I stood next to her at a bar once. Oh yeah, I was just constantly like trying to catch her eye line. But she was doing that typical thing where she knew I recognized her. So she was just kind of not here, not here. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a shitty way. Like she thought she was beyond talking to a fan or whatever. No, but... Sometimes you just you just don't want it, do you? Yeah. yeah, she was she was there with mates and and wanted to have an eye out. So I didn't engage with her, but I kept like trying to wait to kind of so I could be like, hey, fan of your work or whatever. But yeah, just it never happened. And once she briefly followed me on Instagram. Oh, briefly. Yeah, I got this notification once that she had started following me. And I thought, oh, great. And then later on, <laughs> the notification <laughs> was gone. So I think maybe she'd looked at my profile for something and accidentally hit follow. 
Oh. Maybe I've left a comment on hers or something and she kind of looked. All right, Chris, I thought we would do our regular feature. What are you Twittering about? Because you're no longer on Twitter. No, I've been, I feel like I'm on a recovery plan. I've been helping <laughs> off it for, God, what, since August last year, possibly? It must have been that long. So what I do, listener, is I put three reasons why Doctor Who fans are angry to Chris. <laughs> two of them are made up. One of them is real. And he's got to guess which is which. So, Chris, will you please give us a third Doctor's What Are You Twittering About? What are you Twittering about? Okay, Chris. <laughs> are Doctor Who fans angry that a Doctor Who book is getting a paperback version this year? That the TARDIS has been redesigned again, but this time it's a giant teapot? Or that the new Doctor's companion has been confirmed to be a talking penguin that isn't Frobisher? I don't think the second one at all. <laughs> Talking penguin who isn't Frobisher. I don't feel like that's going to cause as much of a ruckus. It must be the must be the book or something. Cause the book is a paperback, though. That's just why would it? So last year, a hardback book came out called Doctor Who Origin. Companions that have been involved with the show wrote kind of a brief origin story for their companion. Right. Okay. And as publishers do, six months later, they're releasing the paperback version. Yeah, uh, people have got very irate because this one now has a new chapter featuring the Tenth Doctor and Donna, and people have kicked off because it's not in the hardback edition. No, not even that. It's because they're putting Tenant in it. Not even that it wasn't in the hardback edition. It's that they're putting Tenant on more merchandise. Ah, oh, we're never happy, are we? Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a, such a bizarre thing to complain about. I mean, Tennant is the biggest selling point. In fact, it's probably the reason why people are now interested in seeing him come back. <laughs> They're not interested in particularly in seeing the new the, the guy from Sex Education. They want to, you know, they've been bored off the show, most people over the years. And now a lot more of them are going, oh, David Tennant, you know what? That was the, the best time Doctor Who was. And I still stand by that. It was the highest point of the show. It was the peak. Well, undeniably, because it had two spin-offs at that time. Two two spin-offs, and the show still excelled above them, and it won so many awards. It won an award every year until Tennant left. Yeah. It actually did. After that, Doctor Who won nothing ever again, <laughs> unless it's the Dwaz thing. But the <laughs> but it was just a... And the, I know people say viewing things are different now, but it was like people... They had bookies, you know, making bets. <laughs> on episodes in Tenants on especially Stolen Earth, who was the new Doctor and things or, or what was going on. It was just the talk of everything. It was as big as Line of Duty was around a water cooler for all ages. That's true. Like, I remember people at work that weren't geeks at all at that point talking about, oh, my God, is he going to regenerate into someone else? Is he going to... Mm. Uh, like, it, everybody was talking about it. And, you know, for whatever reason, people did drift off. I've told this story many times, but my sister's boyfriend genuinely, genuinely mm. thought Doctor Who ended with Day of the Doctor. So we're watching the World Cup, I think it was, or the Euros one day, and a trailer for Jodie Whittaker's era came up. And he went, oh, they're bringing back Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, it hasn't gone anywhere. And he was like, yeah, it ended with Matt Smith when, you know, the past Doctors came back. And and it, I was like, no, they're like Peter Capaldi has been the Doctor. And he was like, oh, okay. For whatever reason, it just fell off people's radar. Nearly every casual fan in my in my life, like Jared, who I started podcasting with, 
got midway through Capaldi's run, and he was so excited when Capaldi was cast. Yeah. Sure. He got midway through Capaldi's run and just said, no, I'm done. And he's not been back. And so many casual fans in my life did that. Oh, yeah. It's not a slight on the actors as such. It's uh, just the quality of the show at the time. And you can't keep a show going and keep people's appeal for so long. I mean, I stopped watching Waterloo Road after a point, you know? it's <laughs> Well, I mean, it moved the whole... It moved from Roch... Uh, uh, where was it from Manchester all the way to uh, to Scotland for some reason? You know, that, that, I, I thought, nah, this is stupid. I'm not watching anymore. Never seen that show. Oh, it's it's bizarre. The school closes down, and yet somehow they've managed to move the school to Scotland. It it makes no sense at all. Will the kids go, or is it just? No, some of them go, and they live in a boarding house. Oh, okay. Or, and the rest are local Scottish actors. Um, it's <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, you know, a show so long. The whole point of Doctor Who is about where pe- people can drop in at any time. But it seems to be fewer doing that lately. I think they're just... Well, I mean, who could jump in in a Capaldi era where it's essentially just a, a fan wank to the past? <laughs> a lot of references and things that just will throw you could jump in with series 10 series 10 you could yeah just as you get to know him he's gone that and also series 10 starts off well as a good introduction and then about then it bores you with the monk story and then afterwards the master's back you know and then it becomes all about the doctor's past life and everything so it sort of will will throw you then but and then at christmas you've got the a first doctor turns up <laughs> you know it's uh it's hard to stay on Jody had the perfect opportunity for people to jump on and then they just bored people off it and then decided to then go, right, Sonic, we'll, we'll play around with the, the lore of the show. And, uh, and then obviously that's only going to piss off fans of it and they're the only ones still watching. It turns out there's only about two million of them. Yeah. But who knows? I'm hoping that, you know, it brings it back. If Tennant appears on something, yes, he's overdone, but to be honest, so was Tom Baker. And David Tennant is the Tom Baker of the eras. That's that's the end of it, really. Well, David Tennant's only overdone if you're an avid fan of Doctor Who. Like, he's in the comics, he's in Big Finish, he's in books. But if you just watch the series, Mm. he came back for a special in 2013, and now he's coming back for some specials in 2023. Yeah, 10 years later. (laughs) Yeah, the general public, they haven't seen him for 10 years. Yeah, it's only, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's fans who... Who want to defend the show, but also just pick at it all the time. Fans are a fickle bunch, I find. Never satisfied. <laughs> Never satisfied. Yeah. Chris, I know you've only got a couple of minutes, so we're going to have to wrap this up soon. But I've got some questions from people. Oh, okay. If you don't mind answering them. All right. We've got a question here from a uh, Russell T. Davis. Lad, <laughs> any idea what to do with the new series? I'm fucking struggling. <laughs> Right, Russell, in all seriousness, um, I want you to do a story that will bring in the new fans, people who will casually watch again. Just make it appeal to everyone. What I would say is just write from the heart, write a good story, because that's what we enjoyed the most out of your era, was the story and how the characters fit into it. And the characters are the real reasons why we stuck around. So as long as you've got that, you can do anything. And if you're running out of stories... There's a guy called Ashley Gregory who'd be very good. He would be very good, actually. I think Chris Chibnall named him as a someone who could potentially run the show. No, he didn't. <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think he definitely mentioned Ashley in a in an interview. Chibnall mentioned Ashley. 
Yeah, I, I can't remember the full context. Maybe maybe I'm half remembering. Mm. But Ash has Ash has written something uh which uh, something we've been pitching and uh he's done a nice draft at it and um there's something special that I think if it gets made, and I hope it does, it'll just uh promote him as a writer even more because he's a, it's an excellent story. Yeah, Ash and I are actually working on something together as well. Ah. Oh. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to be huge. Ash is going to be huge in like ten years. What well, he already is. He's about six foot ten. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. I'm not used to being shorter than anyone, and he's like a centimeter taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Luke of the Lost on Gallifrey podcast wants to know who's the horniest doctor. <laughs> oh, it's got to be eleventh, isn't it? Yeah, 11. Definitely 11. I mean, yeah. the way he goes, all the River Song gags, all the stuff that he says to her as well, it's just, it's really, it feels like someone who's writing sex scenes but, or, or sexual stuff without actually ever having sex. <laughs> He's basically like a horny teenager throughout the throughout the thing with that. Moffat wrote every episode with an absolute frother. Oh, yeah, got yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got a message from uh, Billy Piper who says, Chris, why aren't you answering my DMs? Uh, probably because he's married now, love. I'm married, uh, Billy, I'm afraid, and um, uh, I don't actually have Twitter anymore. <laughs> so I'm not getting your DMs there. Yeah. And Instagram, it might be under spam. I'm, I'm not sure. There's too many Billy Pipers pretending to be Billy Piper, so, you know, I, I'm that popular, obviously. Okay, and Tom G wants to know what we think of the latest photos of the 15th Doctor and Ruby and Murray Gold returning and if there are any good films coming up. The photos of Shooty and the companion, who I can't remember the name of either, uh, Doctor and... It's Ruby, isn't it? Yeah, Ruby Sunday. That's it. No, they look all right. Um, looks quite... Looks fashionable. Probably given cosplayers have already got the costumes. Murray Gold, we've already kind of spoken about that. Mm. Any good films coming up? Yes, Big Boobs 7. <laughs> it reignites the franchise. If you think Russell T. Davis coming back with David Tennant was big, you wait until you see this. And I'll tell you, I saw Renfield the other night. With uh, Oh, how was it? I really enjoyed it, actually. Nicolas Cage is actually brilliant as Dracula. <laughs> I thought he would be. He's a weird one, because Nicolas Cage... He can go one of two ways. He's either going to be the best thing in the film or the worst thing in the film. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know what Nicolas Cage you're getting until you pay your money. <laughs> Very true. Moving on, we've got one from a Freema Adjaman who said, why are you both so handsome? It's just it's just genetics, Freema. I mean, we can't help it. Oh, wait, sorry. This is for the... Uh, I don't think this is for us. This is for Brett Goldstein's. Oh, Yes. Yes. Yeah, Brett Goldstein. I love Brett Goldstein. <laughs> I, I want to get him on the podcast, actually. I think I could do it. I want him to swear at me. <laughs> oh, I love Ted Lasso. All right, and final question from our friend Oliver Dallas. What are your thoughts on the recent discourse about RTD2 not feeling too new enough? I think we've already kind of covered that. Yeah, I, I feel like he'll definitely write something that's new. But I'm just kind of, that's my, my, yeah, to re-emphasize, I'm just, I'm concerned that we're, they're relying too much on bringing in the old things, you know, the team, the, 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 if you want to call them the OG team, but if they can deliver something new and refreshing, then I'm, I'm all for it. 
that's my only my only concern is I can't be excited about Murray Gold returning or Russell returning because I don't think they're the gods of TV. <laughs> but I will I'll be happy to see if they can make a show as popular as it did when it started. Then I'm all for it. I just kind of see them both as a safe pair of hands. Oh yeah, like they're not going to damage the show any more than it has been over the past like decade. Mm, exactly. So they they might not catapult it back to how it used to be but they're certainly not going to plummet down the toilet well someone commissioned uh, doomsday so we'll see how that pans out and on that note i think we'll wrap it up now i don't know how regular these episodes are going to be obviously because i'm still healing from my hip surgery chris maybe we can aim for monthly at the moment yeah and yeah. and then as soon as i'm better we can get back to a more regular schedule and abby will be able to join us as well and if she gets bailed yeah, and we'll all be uh, all happy and normal again. Yeah, because all the feedback we get, all the positive <laughs> reviews. Are I like... hate that. Why are they so positive when we're off air? Yeah, they're, they're all about Abby. They're not even going to listen to this. They just they, they found out. Oh, Abby's not in it. Okay, I'm going to turn yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how much they love Abby. How do we get popular, Chris? I don't know. Why don't they love us? 